Welcome to this episode of Dead Dog Theology. Today, I want to encourage you guys and uh, talk about some scriptural uh, emphasis that is going on, going on in my life this week. Luke Jenkins will be joining us in a segment or two, but I want to take a moment and share something uh, personal going on with me and then how the scripture uh, guides my feelings and emotions during times of grief or sorrow. Uh, yesterday, I found out that one of my lifelong friends from Albertville passed away. He had battled cancer for several years and certainly uh, some expectations of his uh, uh, sickness and impending death were in front of us, but it's never easy when someone passes away. So even uh, being Christians and walking with the Lord and understanding the gospel, we still have to manage our, our grief and our despair. Um, in light of what we know in the gospel. So this week's edition will just be uh, sharing just a little perspective as as is my privilege to do on how you, if you're experiencing the grief of a loved one or grief from whatever circumstance may be uh, you know, befalling your life, uh, we can find some hope in the scripture. So as dear as uh, Eddie was to me, and I hadn't seen him in, in years and years and years, but we had such a friendship, we could always pick up where we left off so yesterday, going back to his home place in Albertville and being with his family stirred up a lot of emotions and, um, you know, in my life and, and certainly the family's dealing with that terrible tragedy. But um, in the midst of that uh, meeting with them, just a little as a friend, First um, Thessalonians 4.13 always springs into my mind during these times of grief. Paul was teaching the early church about death and dying in the sense of the hope that we have in the coming of Christ, it seems some false teaching had infiltrated the church in regards to what happens to people when they die. And, you know, in a modern age we live, people have a lot of theories about that. But in the Bible, it tells us and how we are to grieve even the death of, of loved ones and friends, at least the demeanor in which we are to grieve. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, but we do not want you to be ignorant, brothers, about those who are asleep. That was a euphemism for death that you may not grieve as others who do not have hope or who have no hope. And so it, that verse resonated with me yesterday that in the midst of a tragedy, when I drove back to Albertville and went to the uh, Eddie's home place where I grew up with him uh, doing all kinds of things together, I couldn't help but smile and grieve at the same time. So uh, yesterday, sorting out some of my emotions, I was talking about the grief that grips our hearts. But then Paul's interjection of the hope, uh, the the surety of our lives being held in the hands of God, uh, the surety that even in death and tragedy that God has not forsaken us, that this gospel that has taken root into our hearts produces hope because we see um, a future filled with consummation that not only do we find comfort thinking about being reunited with friends and family who have passed away, but just being in that consummate, perfected glory um, of, of the new creation, the new heavens, the new earth with God and with uh, his people. So uh, Eddie was a Christian, and then therefore our consolation is ultimately in the hope that we have in the gospel. So our grief is different. A Christian funeral should look very different than a pagan funeral. Uh, the, and, you know, I've, I've done both. I have uh, officiated funerals for those that I knew were Christians and those that was great uncertainty, which is is probably the most, and I say this word not derogatory, but it is, I guess, to be pitied or it is pitiful when a Christian 
uh, is not uh, known for their fellowship of Christ. It's just by name only. So it's when the beloved go to be with Christ, um, where we lay their body in the grave, their soul, spirit, goes to be with the Lord. Uh, and then one day their body will be raised. And that was Paul's teaching to the Thessalonians. So yesterday, uh, grieving Eddie's loss and joining with his family, just standing there with them, uh, I, we told stories and we laughed and we experienced that joy. And, you know, you kind of feel awkward in the moment of grief when you're experiencing joy. And here I am uh, right now smiling because of the memory of my friend. And then here comes the the blessed hope of what the gospel had taken root in Eddie's life and produced. And, and now then our funeral and our grief looks very, very different. Uh, I often tell people we drag our grief into the glory of Christ and, and it, it produces uh, hope. And then the third word is joy, uh, that even uh, in the midst of, and I say despair, I try not to slip into disparity, but sometimes that grips our hearts. Oh God, what's going to happen? Or why is life like this? And all the grieving questions we ask. But as hope produces this joy, uh, that that is so internally consummated by our faith, our faith that God is bringing about his good, according to Romans 8, 28, uh, then there's this inexpressible, almost inexpressible joy that wells up inside of us. So uh, I know that at 55 years old, I'm right behind Eddie. He was a year older than me. And, uh, you know, our mortality is always uh, a, a a living reminder or a dying reminder, if you want to say it that, to the necessity of following Christ, uh, placing our hope in Him and knowing that there is uh, something beyond us that is uh, incomparable, Paul says, to these light and momentary trials. And they're actually achieving something for us, uh, something weighty and substantial. So I shared with Donna yesterday that reality that God does not waste suffering. He doesn't waste a tear. All these things are being worked for uh, his good, uh, our good, and his glory. So one, I didn't mean to uh, hijack Dead Dog and with such a somber note. I know you guys like for us to be funny and say funny things, and that's that's what we do from time to time. But underneath our humor is a, a serious sobriety of what the gospel brings to us in the here and now. Certainly hope for a future, but how do we grieve? How do we walk through life when things aren't, they don't turn out the way we want them to? Uh, what is our blessed hope um, that Paul was referring to in to the Thessalonians? And, and then joy. How does our joy transcend our circumstances? So, you know, in, in, in tribute to my friend who um, just just a lot of positive things and great memories in my life, I, I am most thankful for his fellowship of Christ, his testimony in his home church uh, in Gunnersville, Alabama, that gives us the surety of, of his eternal destiny. And then while we remain, uh, we still have hope and we grieve uh, filled with the hope of the gospel. So I just want to pass that along to some of our listeners who are walking through that. Be encouraged, even in the midst of this walking through this valley, <laughs> the shadow of death. Our Lord is our God. He is our Redeemer and he is our hope and salvation. So let me take a quick break. We'll come back with segment two. We'll invite Luke Jenkins in, and and uh, we'll continue to talk about a couple of topics. Thank you, guys. Welcome back to Dead Dog Theology. And I know the first segment was was somber, but I hope it was very purposeful, and I hope it in, at least encouraged your heart to continue to look to the hope of the gospel 
uh, even in the midst of all kinds of grief. So we want to transition a little bit. And then you, if you know me, you know, I can go very serious to humor very quickly and somewhere I just kind of reside somewhere in between. So I'm going to bring back in uh, Luke Jenkins. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Harvestfield Church. And, you know, we, we're seeing more people attend. We have newcomers every Sunday. Every Sunday. Uh, we're in the midst of the Bible Belt, as you know, in Etowah County. Just, uh, I'll speak for the Baptist churches, and I can speak for the non-denominational churches. <laughs> you know that non-denominational is a denomination. And so church life in Etowah County is as complex as you want to make it. But a lot of competition, a lot of rivalry among churches. And at Harvestfield, I just, I'm tired of that. So I don't know how to just back off without being irresponsible. You know, we want to invite people. We want people to come to Harvestfield Church. But what we have to offer them is very specific, specific. And, and I hope it's valuable. So Luke, uh, let's welcome Luke Jenkins, our student minister, beloved fellow minister, partner here at Harvestfield in the office, full time. Dead Dog Associate, you love him. You know him from Ball Play, Alabama, <laughs> the crack capital of the world. Not endorsing crack or saying that Luke smokes crack. We're not sponsored by crack. We're not. We're not. But if you'd like to apply, <laughs> I'm just playing. See humor. See how it's it's just awful. It's awful. But here's Luke Jenkins. No, it's it's good to be here uh, with you this week. I, I, and I think you you really hit the nail on the head there. We, we do want to create a culture here at Harvestfield that our members want to invite people. So what, what are we inviting people to? Is it, you know, like branding is a big thing in the church. We are seeker sensitive or we have an awesome band. We pre we play upbeat music, uh, contemporary sermons. We've got great childcare. We've got great student ministry. We, it's just fantastic. And just because we're fantastic, you need to come. Yeah, I made the joke uh, this past Sunday when preaching that um, we have fog machines, you know, things like that, things that people want to come and yeah, see and be a part of. But, but I think uh, it, it, if I say Harvestful Church, the first thing I think is expository preaching. And so um, inviting your friends to hear the Word of God preached verse by verse is a big deal. Is that enough? Is that enough conviction or do people care? They should care, and we pray that they do care. We pray that, that the seed falls on good soil in that, in that degree. Um, well, let me be the first to say, you know, Harvestville, I've been here 22 years and we've been through the pressure of the church growth movement. We've got a stage and lights and drums and, and we've actually had a fog machine, That's awesome. uh, but we never use it only for student events, you know, but, but we're over that and we're on a good track. I think as far as our worship goes, it just needs to be right and gospel filled and right. exchange of relationship. That's something we're working Relationships on, big, yeah. trying to strive toward, Hey, we're not just up on the stage performing like a Broadway musical. Yeah. We care about these people singing the gospel and, and having um, maybe theology um, saturated into what we're singing. Good good doctrine. On the connection thing, I do think that it's a big deal for people that are on the stage, whether it be you preaching every week or uh, Jeff leading in worship, to be able to connect with, with the congregation, that we're leading them in worship through sermon and through song. Oh, I mean, again, that's an ideal statement because as I get older, it's harder to manage my facial expression, you know, yeah. while I'm doing something deeply spiritual because I have this resting face condition. Yeah. It's called resting confused face. <laughs> you know, I just look disoriented and people go, hey, he's not happy. Oh, Oh, I'm happy. I just don't know where I'm at or what I'm doing. This is me smiling. I am smiling. That's all I got. 
I do think that's where dead dog can be a supplement though. We, uh, people can hear who, who we are when we're not just preaching. the Look, word and, and you know, we don't claim as harvest field to be a perfect church. When you come here, you're going to notice our imperfections probably more than what we, what we would offer to you as a, a mutual encouragement. But I think we sing well, uh, it may not be your style, but beyond style, there's content. Listen for it. We, we're not the best preachers. I'm certainly not. I'm still learning. I, I can't stand to hear myself preach. Right. But we faithfully stutter and stammer through the scriptures, believing that the power of preaching is in the word. It's inherent in the word. So that puts the demand on the preacher to as faithfully as possible, filled with the Holy Spirit, to expound and 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 stay in the word. Let the word do its work. Uh, as you preached last Sunday, good seed that falls on good soil always produces good fruit. And that's what we offer you. So I want our four or 500 members here at Harvestville to invite their friends, not because we got upbeat music and contemporary preaching, yeah. you know, or, uh, you know, this bedazzled performance. We cannot outperform the world. Right. We see that in, in pop culture every week. It's everybody's trying to outdo everybody with outlandish clickbait, stupidity, you know, even to the point of using entertainment just as, as some sort of, uh, device to invoke a reaction of, of all kinds of desires. That's not what we're doing at the church. Right. Uh, we preach Christ crucified. We want to sing Christ crucified. We want the, the ministry of Christ to be realized through the power of the Holy Spirit. And you said expository preaching. Um, I don't know if uh, how familiar our listeners are. Well, if they're at Harvestville, they should be. They, they will be but yeah. if you don't attend Harvestville, maybe you do attend a church where the preacher opens the word, expounds the 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 entirety of scripture in the sense of interpreting a specific interpreting a specific text. And so we just think that's very important and we think it's worth attending and worth gathering. And we think it's enough. And and worth if you are here, worth inviting friends to hear. Um hear the same thing that you're hearing, that you're experiencing, that you're gathering for. How long do you think it takes for a newcomer to adjust to expository preaching? And when I say that I'm not being cage stage, I'm not being condescending. All expository preaching is, is when the preacher develops what he's got to say is a reiterating or an emphasis. Number one, he's going to read the text as written, and he's going to try to interpret the text. Any kind of commentary or story or illustration or explanation better be residing in the intentions of the text. The text will do the work. Right. Don't mess it up. That's right. So how many weeks do you think it takes for somebody who may be... Now, a topical sermon can still be expository. It better be. That's right. If you, do, if you assign me a topic, I'm going to go to the Word and see how the Word addresses that topic right. exponent, expositionally. But but a lot of people in Etowah County, and I'll speak my firsthand observation, have gotten so used to, to do sermons or to don't sermons right. or 10 ways or 10 things or 10 whatever's or just bad interpretation uh i hear that in my opinion in my expert opinion you know that's not what the text said you're stretching it into something right. you know be like david you're the david in the story you know well no no you're not and and so i'm i interrupted your your response how many how long does it take to adjust to tell me what the word says remind me of what it says and and constrain me to what the text is is calling us to do. Yeah, I think the uh, just personally in what I've seen in students' lives, I believe it takes eight weeks. 
I think eight weeks is a good bridge of they hit, they get to sit there with something that me and you both do that you taught me to do with these outlines and you show your work through the outline and then the outline can, can then uh, bridge into the sermon. And so I think it takes eight weeks to really focus in not on the 10 things that we can or can't do, but to focus in on what Christ has done. Because we see so many people come to Harvestfield for two weeks and then they're like, meh, right. is this it? Right. Is this all you got? Well, yeah. And they may happen to come into the middle of a sermon series where the series is not resolved. Yeah. And so they, they I think a, a, a popular thing for seeker sensitive churches, they have the burden of resolving everything every Sunday and then promising something greater for next That's week. You want to come back you don't want to miss this. If you hear a preacher go, you don't want to miss next week where we unravel the mysteries of marriage and sexuality, 10 ways that you can be a, your romance can be next fired week, up in we'll your Sunday, 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 Coco, the gorilla and the Hawaiian traffic girls. Thunder, thunder, thunder. Ray Mysterio, 619, 619. Well, and, and you jokingly say that, but that's the exact way we used to promote wrestling shows. That's right. They can't miss next week's show. You won't believe what Pat Pastor Eric's going to say next week. That's right. And so, uh, and that's why I say eight weeks. It takes eight weeks to to uh, relearn how to walk first by verse. Through and how to be content with the word. Absolutely. Instead Absolutely. of the addiction of entertainment and engagement. A feeling. A feeling. Yeah. Now, see, I don't fight this feeling mm. any longer. <laughs> I, I can't. I just can't fight this feeling any longer. <laughs> and yet I'm still afraid to let it show. What I... Started out as friendship, Luke has grown stronger. <laughs> I only wish I had the strength to let it show. I'm sorry, I just got really hot. I'm so sorry to our listening audience. Um, but what I I want sound doctrine and the rush of of our emotions and our mind, our desire and our will to be led by the soundness of, of the scriptures. And everybody would say amen to that. But then how you go about doing that, I can stir your emotions first right. and you don't care what the scriptures say. All I got to do is give you a verse and a, and some music in the background That's right. and, and prick your emotions. Um, you yeah. know, a lot of our seeker sensitive churches use great music to move the emotion, but their content is worthless. Right. Uh, I can I can listen to secular music and have a tear and come to my eye. And and sometimes it's hard to describe that too because I I think that a lot of times the con, um the conviction or the feeling that you feel after you hear a motivational speaker, someone that pumps you up or someone that wants you to do something, is a different feeling than the scriptures speaking to your heart, cutting your heart. And uh, Luke, you know, coming into full time ministry and and getting better at preaching, do you, how much pressure do you feel? to be that engaging motivational guy versus the faithful guy that people yawn in your face when you just exposit scripture. Yeah, it's a, it, it, it's a, it's a tremendous, it's real good Luke. That's oh. it really is. It's a tremendous, uh, I mean, just real, real bad pressure to entertain while you're up there. And, um, and I don't want the, I think my, like my goal and, and any expositor's goal is not the focus to be on the speaker, not the, you don't want to focus on you. You want to focus on Christ. And so, uh, but at the same time, letting, letting the scriptures and letting yeah. the congregation see your it's personality. Okay breathe in right. and breathe out. Well, uh, thanks for this segment. We just want to give you an idea. Uh, Harvestfield members, please invite your friends. Please tell them what you expect. And, and I'm not saying overhype or don't underhype. Uh, you know, God is doing 
uh, some marvelous things here at Harvest Field by the steady continuance and perseverance. Uh, we're growing. We're understanding. We want to meet people where they are, but we have a common destination, and that's Christ and his word at work in us. So uh, we want that to affect your children, your students, and you as an adult. So be, uh, be willing and ready uh, to invite. And if you're not a Harvest Field member, uh, we want to invite you to come and, and rest easy in the, in the harness of expository preaching. Absolutely. We'll be right back. So we're back. And before we go, and we don't mean just act silly, but uh, I like laughing. Luke asked me, so what do you think about Sam Smith? I'm like, I don't know Sam Smith. Don't want to know him. Don't know anything. I don't know who he is. Does he work at Walmart? Who is he? And then he started referencing the song that I was quoting. I can't fight this feeling. I said, Luke, that's Ario Speedwagon. And, you know, I can't fight this feeling any longer. And yet I'm still free to let you. <laughs> you know, uh, until you skated and, um, you know, you just uh, no Sam Smith. So I'm sorry to pop your pop culture balloon Gra- like Grammy a Chinese balloon, yeah. like a Chinese spy balloon took a F14 to <laughs> pop a balloon uh, talk just about, drive through it <laughs> just just drive near it <laughs> throw a net over it it was a 200 foot tall balloon by the way but uh Luke what do you got planning for our students tonight we're going to watch the Grammy performance. Stop. No, I'm just Stop. Yeah, I'm sorry. Now, people I'm are sorry. going to watch that because you said it, and I'm they're sorry. going to run headlong. Lost people the, are going to act like lost people. Yeah, you have to go watch you it. You don't have to make a spectacle out of it. Yeah. They're worshiping Satan. Well, of course they are. <laughs> of course they are. That's, That's what, they what do. lost people do. <laughs> That's right. Um, what plans for the students tonight? We're continuing our study through Philippians, and so uh, just – expository going verse by verse through that. Why are you laughing? Because I don't have a big, hey, come see us and you get free don't pizza. Want, give you don't want to miss uh, Luke saying Philippians 3, <laughs> chapter chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. Isn't that amazing? Righteousness through faith in Christ. And it is. That's, that's what our students need to hear the most. Absolutely. And if we didn't think that the scriptures affected us, we would resort to all kinds of lunacy. Yeah. And you got the Super Bowl coming up. Yeah. I bet we can't, say, we can't Super say Super Bowl. Why can't you say Super Bowl? <laughs> Trademark, and apparently they're, they're kind of mean about it. Now, well, who have you known that's ever, the National Football League has ever questioned? Oh, I don't I don't know that. John, Gill, John just warned me really. John Schmillan Gilliland. What does he know about yeah. NFL football? So the youth room Sunday night will smell like crawfish because apparently I like to get crawfish every year. For what this. do you call in the event if you can't say Super Bowl party? Superb owl party. Yeah, that's a stupid. Um, <laughs> John what, what about um, what about you're not watching the commercials in between, right? Oh, it's just on the TV. Most of the time, these kids don't even watch the Super Bowl. They're they're over playing games and stuff like that. So I'm the only one sitting there watching the Super well, Bowl. Well, just watch out. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, and we and during halftime, we take a break. And so that that's something I can uh, I can say about our students. We have two students who stepped up. And they want to lead a devotion during the halftime. Oh, okay. And so well, I'm excited about that's that. That's better. John better. So are you Eagles or uh, Redskins? Neither. <laughs> Redskins? You can't say that. <laughs> um, I didn't. It's a command. I'm just that's fine. I'm I mean, Chiefs. Sorry, that's a lot better. <laughs> Not really. It's, I'm surprised it's, they hadn't been canceled. Uh, I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm neither. I'm a Cowboys fan. You know that. Jalen Hurts. So I hope the Eagles and the Chiefs both lose by 30 somehow. Right. Jalen Hurts, is he is impressive. I'll give mm-hmm. you that. I'll concede right. that to you. Well, you just keep rooting for the Cowboys like – Hank Hill and and 
keep losing and living in denial. Next year's our year. Yeah, it always is. It is. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks.